0: Welcome back heartbreakers. I'm Madison here with Juliana who is holding on to sailor right now cause she's really sad. So she's not going to say hi. And then we're chatting with Allie Carter. Allie say hi.
1: Hi everybody.
0: We are so excited to have you. I am so thrilled. I am an original Gallagher girls fan. I have the books literally right here with me. Um, I was just telling, um, Juliana this morning, when I was like, you have to drop everything and read the Blonde identity right now. Um, I was telling her this morning, I was like, I don't think you understand the chokehold that these books had on me and my friends in high school. Um, and like junior high, I was like, we, we were crazy for them. And, um, we thought that, you know, we were Gallagher girls. Like my sister was older high school. And I was like, you know, middle school younger high school when they were coming out and we would go to like the football games for the high school and we would bring disguises with us and go to the bathroom and change and follow her around because we thought she was doing like sketchy stuff at these football games and we wanted to spy on her conversations and I was like we thought we were so clandestine like we we were ridiculous but I was so thrilled when I found out that you were coming out with an adult book because it's like my two worlds colliding and I was so excited.
1: Thank you. I it's it was kind of, you know, I've heard that a lot. I've heard from a lot of a lot of readers who grew up with them and now they're, you know, adults. They're coming to my signings and things with their babies. And they're, you know, I was just in DC on tour last week and it was crazy because they come for the lines like, oh, I work for the Justice Department now. I'm with the FBI. I'm, you know, and it was just they they have grown up to be Gallagher girls. I mean, all of you have. And so that's amazing. it's, It's really really, really incredible. And I'm, you know, I'm super Happy to have written this book and to think that you know some of them are out there reading it and they're liking it, so that that makes me very very happy.
0: Well, I am definitely a Zoe girl living in a Gallagher girl world out here because I um, did not grow up to do anything clandestine, but I am writing romance books. Um, that's so fun, which is very um, okay. important. So we normally start off our episodes with what we've been reading recently. So. Mm-hmm. Do you want to let us know what you've been reading? We do like I been the reading? last week or so, but I mean, you can also do. You're not on here every week so.
1: Well, I was on tour and I I lost my e-reader somewhere on tour. Oh no. Which is so upsetting. Is, is really really upsetting. I feel a little bit lost. Yeah. Uh and so I obviously I have other books and other ways of reading books, but I'm like I I can't read where, where, where the books go. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I actually had to dig out an old e-reader that I have. Mm-hmm. And, um, so I'm basically reading things from like three years ago, which is fascinating because yeah. obviously we all have things that we never got around to reading or yeah. we have things that I'd kind of forgotten about and I'd, I'd meant to come back into. Um, so what am I rereading? I guess, um, I'm always rereading, um, Lisa Kleibus, Mm-hmm. and I'm always, um, the The book that was on my that I was enjoying before I lost my e reader, yep. uh, is oh gosh, now I'm gonna be that person on the podcast that doesn't know what she's talking about, uh, which <laughs> let's face it. I was gonna time, be that anyway. So. Um, it's one of the like spooky romances, um, Ooh. the like autumn y types of things. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. um, look that up. Hang on, hang on, I almost have it. Yeah. I almost had uh, witchful thinking by Celeste Martin. Oh. Celestine Martin, yes. Is it out now? So, oh, yes. It, it is, is out. It's one been one. out for a while. Um, okay. and so that's I was really, really starting to get into that. And then I think I left my e-reader in a hotel room in St. Louis. So,
0: well, someone else is enjoying yes. it now. Someone
1: else is enjoying it right <laughs> now. Yes,
0: I love that. Um, so you said you've been reading a lot of Lisa Kleypas. I have. A stack of her books over here. Mm-hmm. What are your favorites by her?
1: What aren't my favorites? Maybe a sure. better question. Um, I'm really a Ravenel's girly. Like I I love yeah. old school. I really love um obviously Devil and Winter. Um that is my official, like it's we're expecting yeah. a blizzard, like, you know, everybody lays in the milk That's and the bread the and, and right devil here. and winter yeah. Um I also really love a um the first raven, cold hearted rake. Like I, I get that winterborne is really everybody's favorite. But to me, a winterborne only works because of cold-hearted break. And mm-hmm. so I, I, and I love the introduction to everybody. I love West. I, he's my favorite, maybe romance hero of all times. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just think that one, that one just always is a very comfort read to me that the scene and that one after the train crash, when he, you know, just really that whole train crash forward section mm-hmm. and that middle section, like it's hard to top a midpoint that is, it's hard to find a midpoint that is better than that midpoint. Yeah, And because, you know, a midpoint is supposed to be, you know, you burn the bridge, you can't go back. We can never be who we were before this point. And she crashes a train off a literal bridge. And like, my hat's off to you, Lisa Kleypas, is all I can say.
0: I, last year, went down like a deep dive of Lisa Kleypas and Tessa Dare. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: um, Because whenever I am writing, which I think maybe I did not disclose this when we first asked you guys, but we're all indie authors on here. Um, But so whenever I am writing, I have a hard time reading like the genre I write in. So I needed something new to read and I hadn't read like historical romance in years and years and years. And then I read one Tessa Dare book and went down like a rabbit hole and read her entire backlist. And then I got started on Lisa Kleypas and I, now they're just like historical romances. are just my go-to whenever I am writing. Um, and yeah, I either do that or fantasy. And that's pretty much what I've been doing um, the past few weeks. And then I took the break to read The Blonde Identity and I know that it's going to put me back in a slump because I loved it so much. Um, but yeah, Thank so you. I have been reading, I think the last time we were on here, last week when we were chatting, uh, I said that I had been reading With You Forever by Chloe Lee, And then um, I read me and Juliana, who is just sitting on here, We both read, um, one of the Ice Planet Barbarian spinoffs, the Corsairs ones, uh, Juliana. I think she has us muted, but she, (laughs) she was obsessed with it and told me I had to read it. And so I started, and then I read The Plant Identity Today. And then, um, I finished the audio and on my way home from work today, I went back and started, um the, what's the second Gallagher girls book? Nice. I Cross my them.
1: heart and hope to spy. Yes.
0: Okay. I started that one, the audio of that on my way home, because I was like, <laughs> I'm just in a mood. And um, it was so fun because I haven't read them since like high school. And I was like, I just forgot. And I, I had like I remembered like basic things about the plot, but it was like as soon as I started listening, I remembered like every single thing that was about to happen because I'd read them so many times, and I it was just such a fun little like run down memory lane for me. So that's probably that what makes I'm going to the next couple.
1: <laughs> um, that's the book that almost killed me. That yeah 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 definitely. I don't like Ow. sequels. Sequels I need to are know hard. More. It's just so when I finished, i tell you I love you, but then I'd have to kill you. There was a. Yeah kind of a throwaway line, which I'm sure as a yeah. like mega fan, you probably noticed there's a line in book one that says something like, uh, Tina Walters has been swearing for years as a top secret boys school in Maine. Yes. And for your listeners who may not know the Gallagher Academy is a top secret, all girls boarding school for teenage girl spies. And so, um, I, had always liked that little throwaway line. And so when we got to talking about what we wanted the sequel to be, my editor said, um, I have an idea. And I said, I have an idea. And <laughs> we both kind of at the same time went, boys school in Maine. And so so we knew I we wanted it
0: just listening to this. We knew we wanted it like... to be
1: the boys, the boys and the girls like, you know, come together. The problem is is that's a premise. That is not a plot.
0: That is all of my books
1: that gets you through. (laughs) Maybe if you're dragging your feet, 75 pages. Yeah. And so then you're like, Oh, I have to actually have a plot for this book. And so I actually wrote three totally different books. There are two other versions of cross my heart and hope to spy with totally different plots that exist on my hard drive. And it was like, I I wrote I wrote two two completely different standalone versions of that book. Mm -hmm. And they were never quite right. And I this is getting into the weeds, but at the time I was living in Kansas and I um it was Christmas break. And my friend Jennifer Lynn Barnes was home from college and in Tulsa, which is where my sister lived at the time. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And she was like, come down and see me. And I was like, I can't. I've I gotta finish this book. It's it's so late. It's so, so late. We've already pushed the pub date once. And she's like, no, just, you need to take a break. And I said, I can't afford to take a break. Mm -hmm. And she says, no, 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 you're not listening to me. You can't afford not to take a break. And so I got in my car and I drove two hours down here and we went to see a movie, went to see The Good Shepherd, um, which is a great movie with a bunch of big, big movie stars. And it's a spy movie, kind of about, um, you know, the kind of uh, the Cold War era. And in it, there's a scene where some spies jump another spy and throw him in a river, I think, or kill him in some way. And I, it was like, boom. And I dug around in my purse and I found a piece of paper. I I wish to goodness, I still had this piece of paper. And I found a pen and I wrote, it's not cat versus mouse. It's cat versus cat. And, and from that point forward, I knew what it was and it was just, you know, serendipitous, but I, but I wrote the wrong book three times. Because I had a premise. I wish I didn't listeners have a plot.
0: could see my face right now because yeah. I am just like loving this <laughs> so much. You are uh, so giddy right now. It's so cute. Yeah, I just, <laughs> I, I was telling one of my friends today, I was like, I feel like there are like three or four different book series that I read growing up that made me want to be a writer. Um, And that was one of them. And just, I remember being like, not to be any spoilery for anyone who hasn't read them, but like the, the foreshadowing that was set up in book one, just the little throwaway line that set up like the whole ending. I remember that was like the first time I'd ever read something with like foreshadowing. And I was like, this is the coolest thing I've ever read in my entire life. And I was like, one day, I'm going to do this. And now I'm like planting all the little Easter eggs in all my books, but it's just so fun to look back and be like that. But I love that story. I also now, like as a writer, understand the, the almost dying that a book can put you through. Um, And
1: I
2: was just there a month ago. Yeah. Yeah. It's so brutal, that, it, and and it you is. don't.
0: I'm gonna close my blinds really quick. You
1: today. can't even explain it to somebody because it's just because you know it's there. Like you know it's, it, it you're you've got to okay. find it. But you it's like the harder you try to find it, the more it sort of recedes into yourself. Yes. And yeah. so you do have to take a break and go to the movies or, or something yeah. like it's. We
2: um we were just talking about this today because I I'm in a series right now. It's a five part series. I just finished the second book that we be publishing in like a month so I like waited till the last minute to finish it. The I mean I changed it over and over again. I finally am good with it it's fine it's not my favorite ever but it's fine it, it'll be good so I finished until delivered all that's good it's going out in like a month but then I was like okay so I guess I should just go straight forward to the next one or I could write a standalone or I could like I've got all these book ideas and now I'm like would none of them inspire me and Madison's like take a break please <laughs> like please calm down
0: <laughs> I am the biggest fan of people taking a break in between books after I I did the same thing where I wrote I wrote my second book three complete times like and it I I literally after I wrote it like I did not write I think for like four months um just because it had it had almost killed me and I was like I have to start taking a break and not like forcing myself because the the thing was and I feel like this is something that writers often don't talk about too, is like when you force yourself to write something and you know, you're writing the wrong thing, but you're just like forcing yourself to get things out on the page. Um, which, you know, in, in some cases is necessary. You're like, you just have to write a bad first draft, but it's like, it's different than writing the wrong first draft or the wrong second draft. And just knowing you're like, this is not it. This is not working. And I think I had forced myself to do it anyway. Um, And then it was wrong many times. And it finally like clicked after I like stopped and made myself take a break. Um, So.
1: Exactly. I always like to say that uh, in a lot of ways, writing is like working out. And there's, this is hard and it hurts because it's what I need to be doing and this is wrong. And I'm in pain because I'm actually hurt. Like, Oh, you know, I haven't done this in a while. I got to get back in the groove versus I've torn my ACL. And you kind of have to figure out which, which is the good pain and which is the, no, something's wrong pain. And that's just one of the things that I think comes with experience in this business, because it just, it just takes a while. you just have to kind of figure out, you know, you have to know your own process and know your own body in, in that way.
0: I love that. That is really great advice. Um, Jules, we were doing recent reads, um, and then we got on a tangent. I haven't
2: read hardly anything. I have, I reread Signs So Delivered. (laughs) That's all I've read. was my own book, um, and, you know, I mean, it was my own book, so I can't really talk about it, but, um, that's all I've, that's all I've really read since we last recorded, because I feel like we didn't record that long ago, right?
0: Last Friday, or last Thursday.
2: Oh, wow, that's sad. I haven't, I haven't read much. Did no, you your It is. It's so hard for me to read. Especially I really only read like rom com kind of style and then like Ice Planet Barbarians. So, like I am like two, <laughs> like that's all I read no, pretty much. Please. So um so when I try to read any kind of rom com, I compare my writing, because I'm a rom com writer, to it, and then I'm like, well, This style is so much better than mine. Maybe I should try to shift things, which is never the answer. And it is so frustrating whenever I um, am reading and I'm doing like the last draft. I just am so uninspired. It's fine if I read when I'm first drafting because I'm like, my book's a mess. Like, it's fine. And I know that it's a mess and I know I have opportunity to fix it. I'm kind of getting inspiration because I'm listening to like different narrators and like different, I don't know, just different tones of different books will inspire me. And there's a whole different kind of switch where if I read them through the last draft, I'm like, my book sucks. Yeah, I hate everything. Like I will get into a bad slump, no, which happened with uh Per my last Thema, which was my no, last book I that I um, released. So yeah,
1: now I'm the same way. I, I I that's why I read so much romance for a long time because I would be writing YA. And so romance was the thing that made you, you know, kind of picked you up and it, you know, made you feel good. And you, I, never had to stop and compare my voice to somebody else's voice or my plots or anything like that because it was it was a different thing and especially like with a historical romance nobody's looking at my contemporary YA and being like oh it just doesn't really just doesn't really you know live up to the you know most recent Beverly Jenkins like well it's not supposed you know they're they're very 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 different beasts and so um that's that's why I read so much romance for so long almost exclusively romance yeah
0: So what is it like now writing like adult romance? Is it difficult for you to read adult romance now?
1: It is. It is some, sometimes now some uh, more than anything, it's that I, I just can't turn off my internal editor when I'm reading and I'm like, oh no, they should have done that. And they should have done this. And they should have like, oh, you know, this is, this is a mistake or this is a, you know, whatever. I just can't, I can't stop rewriting on the, you know, as I read. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, that's when you go, this one, I usually go back to like the old historical romances or, um, just something or like a go-to author that I know is always going to deliver. Um, or, you know, that's the glory of, you know, being a, a grown up is if a book isn't working for me, I can just put it down. I can just stop reading and, or, you know, and what I will do a lot of times is I'll come back to it when I'm in a different place, you know, in, in my process, like, oh, well, I turned my book in and I've got three weeks off. Okay. Then I can go back and read some of these other things that are maybe either in a voice too close to mine or in a voice that's really, really different than mine and kind of messes me up, whatever the case might be.
0: Uh, So normally we start off our interviews with asking um, the authors like how they got started in their writing and publishing journeys. Would you want to tell us a little bit about that? I know we've gotten off topic already.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I uh, grew up on a farm in Oklahoma. And I never even dreamed about being a writer until I was in middle school. And I read The Outsiders by Essie Hinton. And she, that book, of course, is not only set in Oklahoma, but she's from here. And so my dad saw me reading it one day and, and he said, you know, she's from Tulsa, right? Which is about an hour away from where I grew up. And it just kind of blew my mind that somebody from near where I was from, had done this. And I started thinking at the time, like, okay, well, that's clearly what I can do. That's what teenage girls from Oklahoma do is they write a book and then Tom Cruise stars in the movie and then, you know, the end. Um. So, but I was also not... Foolish enough to think that it would actually work out. So I um, went to gr- college and graduate school and studied agricultural economics. And I worked as an ag economist for eight and a half years. And all that time, though, I was still thinking, like, you know, 12 year old you really wanted to be a writer. 12 year old you would not be, you know, satisfied if you don't try it. So the great thing about my job is I, you know, had a bunch of free time nights and weekends. And parts of the year, some, a lot of the year, I also work n- nights, but, um, and I had a lot of flexibility so I could take, you know, a, a spiral bound notebook with me. And if I got to a meeting early, you know, I could sit there and write for 15 minutes. And so I, I read once about how Stephen King wrote Carrie on stolen time, you know, just, he found five minutes here and 10 minutes there and five minutes here. And that's how I wrote my first book. It was just like, oh, I went home for lunch and I'm waiting for the water to boil. I'm going to write until the water boils. And so that's, that's how I did it. And I did it all longhand in spiral bound notebooks that I got at the dollar store. And then I ended up with this thing. And so I was like, I don't know what this is. So I started typing it up and putting it in the computer and which is of course like another draft. And so I did that and I um, eventually got to the point where I had a finished book but i had no idea if it was any good or not and i actually entered it into the first pages of a novel competition for the kansas writers association and i told myself if it wins i'll start querying agents if it doesn't i won't i'm not ready yet and then it won and i was still kind of telling myself like oh no it's, it's not ready it's, it's, i there, i was probably the only one who entered let's face it and uh, then i got my you know like critique sheets back from the judges and one of the judges had written why hasn't this been published and so that was like, okay, I can't, I can't deny that. So I started querying agents and I ended up with Kristen Nelson at the Nelson Literary Agency in Denver. And Kristen's like, I love your book. It needs some work, get to working on it. And these are my notes and everything. And so I rewrote that book for about a year and I ruined it. I totally, it's like, I overworked the dough, you know, and I, it's none, none of the things that we actually liked about it. were in that finish. We're in the next version and so i was you know like oh do i go back to the last draft what do i do and i had actually written this was a long time ago you guys were like in diapers um so it was 2005 ish four ish and uh Chicklet was hot so bridget jones's diary and all of you know all of the like sex in the city and all of these types of things are sort of the rage and, and i had an idea that that was it had been a screenplay that i had written in graduate school And I told Kristen about that. She said, oh, no, that's a chiclet novel. If you write that, I can sell it. And so I spent like three weekends, maybe longer, but like I would write like 10,000 words Saturday and Sunday. And so I, because I already had the screenplay done and I didn't know any better. Most importantly, I just didn't know any better. And so I wrote very, very quickly and I finished a draft of that. And so we did sell that. And so that was my first published novel, which actually was an adult chiclet. So this is, Blonde Identity is technically not my Blonde debut. Everybody keeps saying that it is, but it's kind of is and it kind of isn't because that that was so long ago and everybody has forgotten they existed. Uh, So we sold those. And then uh, Kristen got, started getting calls from editors looking for YA stuff. And this was like, this was the dawn of time in YA. So at this point, there is Essie Hinton. There is Holly Black and Scott Westerfeld. And there is not many, like Beverly Cleary, like the old school Judy Blume. This is pre-Twilight. This is pre-everything. Yeah. Uh, this the, the big now. So, yeah.
0: yeah. I remember, like, I just feel like YA came out of nowhere when I was, like, seventh, eighth grade. And yeah. then all of a sudden it was, like, my entire life. Because I feel like I had binged, like, the Nancy Drew books when I was, you know, in, like, earlier elementary and then there was nothing for me to read as I was like coming into that age and then all of a sudden there was so much for me to read because that was um like 2008 2009 and then all of a sudden like I feel like that was when everything YA started coming out and it was it was the time to be alive
1: one of the things we don't talk enough about in this industry is is it's not necessarily luck it's timing And, and, time, you know, obviously those two things are very, very highly related, but I have the career that I have today. And I've been lucky enough to, to be in this business probably as long as I have, because I started out in a time when for every new writer that came into the YA shelves, nobody had to go. Like it was just, we made bigger shelves. And so you just kept adding new wave of author after new wave of author. And I was in one of the first waves. I was in like, I might've been in the first wave. And so uh, uh, after, you know, sort of that time. And so I I had the idea that night after Kristen asked if we had any, any of her clients had any YA ideas, I had the idea of a girl going to a boarding school for spies. And I immediately knew the title would be, I'd tell you, I love you, but then I have to kill you. And I sat down and I sent it off to Kristen and she's like, I love it. I can sell it. Give me sample chapters. So I wrote out 36 pages and we sold it very, very, very quickly. And kind of like, it's like the five minutes that changed my life in a lot of ways. Um, I will forever be grateful for that episode of Alias that I was watching with the sound on mute and I misunderstood what was happening. So I'm very <laughs> grateful for that.
0: I love that. What um kind of like made you want to transition to adult now?
1: Adult now is, I think... I saw so a bunch of different things. Um, first of all, the right before the pandemic, I mean, I was literally on book tour during the pandemic and um, they called me home from tour and to go into isolation. And so I was doing a bunch of events and most of, or, you know, a lot of my readers were coming out to those, but they were all in their twenties and thirties now. And, and the number one question I got every single night was, will you write a Gallagher girls book for us now? Will you write something with Cammy in her, like Cammy at 25, Cammy at 28, yeah. Cammy at 30? And I didn't really want to do that necessarily because I feel like I like where that series kind of tied off. Yeah. Um that so that kind of I guess maybe planted the seed. And then a couple of years ago, I was on the phone with Rachel Hawkins, who is a dear, dear friend of mine. And Rachel and I, I had finished, um, I'd finished middle grades. I had finished um, some YAs and I had done this random screenplay thing. And so I was like, Rachel, I'm at a crossroads. Do I write it? Do I sell another middle grade? Do I sell a YA? Do I work on another screenplay? And she's like, you don't do, you do none of the above. And I'm like, no, these are the, these are the three things I do. This is, <laughs> this is what I do. And she's like, no, you write an adult book. And I'm like, I don't have any ideas for adult books. I mean, what am I supposed to do? Take that old, you know, idea that I've had for forever about the identical twins. And one of them, you know, works for a super secret organization, except now she just works for the CIA. And I was like, wait a second. That's exactly what I do. And so, because I had had that idea for ages and I just never could figure out a good reason for the sister to be a spy because there, there are very few reasons why a 16-year-old would be an actual covert operative, and I, I had done my fa- my favorite version of that reason already. I'd done it at Gallagher, and so um, by just making them adults, she's like, there's a reason that that story, that plot and setup and premise hasn't worked for you for the past say like, six years. It's not, it's because they're not teenagers; they're adults. You need to be writing that as an adult book, and Rachel, Rachel made me do it, and it has worked out really well and i'm grateful for her
0: well it was lovely thank Um, you yeah now that you're saying it like was originally a young adult idea i cannot imagine it like as a young adult book it it was made to be adult
1: it really was. I kept trying to squi to cram it in there because you know, if all you have is a hammer, everything looks like a nail. And so I'm like, no, I'm a YA writer. This is a YA idea. I can I can make this work. I yes, and and there I think that there probably is a good YA version of it. Pro- but for somebody who hasn't already written the Gallagher Girls, yeah. it was I had already. You know, the other option is you know you make them a gal- or you make Alex a Gallagher girl. But then you you get into the why are they out in the field now? Like why is there's it's, it's a real challenge tonally when you start doing um what I like to call unrealistic realistic fiction like it's something that could technically happen but probably won't and so you it's it's easy to go as I say to Agent Cody Banks like it's it's easy to make it a little too um almost a spoof like and I don't ever want to do that that's that that doesn't really match my voice And so that was the challenge is, you know, why is the 16 year old girl a spy? And then the answer isn't, why is she a spy? The answer is, why isn't she 30? (laughs) Like, why? don't change the fact that she's a spy, change the fact that she's 16. And if you do that, it all falls into place.
0: Yeah, that is like, uh, I don't know, that's such a, a good way of looking at it because I feel like when a plot idea isn't working, I'm never asking the right question. And then all of a sudden, someone else will ask me the right question. And I'm like, wow, why did I never, ever consider that? Um, and it's like, you just kind of have to get outside of your head, I think, you do, and yeah. have someone else ask you a question. Um, but so when I was reading, and I you mentioned a spy school in there, now that you're saying that you had thought about her being a Gallagher girl or something, I the rest of the book I was waiting for that reveal and then it never happened and I mean I wasn't upset or anything but I was like is she planting a seed here to say (laughs) that Alex was because you know Zoe wouldn't have remembered but that's what I was like waiting for that reveal the whole time so are these are they set in like the same world here like in in Zoe and Alex's world is there a Gallagher Academy somewhere is there A potential for a cameo.
1: There will never be a cameo. There will never be a crossover. And I can tell you a very practical reason why. My entertainment attorney would kill me. Because as you guys may know, that when you do a film deal or a TV deal, they don't option the characters. They don't option the book. They option the world. Hmm. And so if Cammie were to show up in Blonde Identity, then whoever has the film rights to Gallagher Girls would automatically also have the film rights to Blonde Identity for free and yeah. that's I'm not going to do that. <laughs> so so if y'all want to write fan fiction and have your your theories and and I think that I mean in my in my kind of headcanon they are in the same world. Yeah. Um that we won't ever have any of those characters officially yeah. showing up.
0: Makes sense. So yeah. are you working on the next book now? Can you say anything about it?
1: I am working on a book now. It is not an Alex book. It is not a spy book. It oh is okay. we have I'm um and, and this actually ties in with what we were talking about earlier with Cross My Heart and Hope to Spy being uh, that I have a little bit of a sequel phobia, like uh, Cross My Heart and Hope to Spy almost killed me. The second Winterborn, which was my middle grade series, that book almost killed me. And so when I sold Blonde Identity, I was like, I know eventually I'm going to want to do an Alex book like that. That is just, (laughs) there is no way I will get out of this without wanting to do an Alex book. But the thought of having that book under contract is making me break out in hives. And so I had something else that I'd been working with for a long time that I thought was a novel. I thought it was pretty good. And I asked my editor, my new editor, I'm like, what do you think about doing something weird And the book two of this contract is, is something totally different. And she said, I love that. Let's do that. And so I we haven't actually announced it yet. So I can't say much, but I can say a couple of things. I can say that it is not spies. I can say that it is a rom-com and I can say that it's hopefully coming next fall. So hopefully we'll be announcing that. My guess is probably about the same time frame that we did Blind Identity probably sometime like January or February. Um, because I think it'll probably be out in October of next year. They haven't told me officially, but that is my that is my gut instinct right now.
0: So it's not something you've ever done before, like possibly an art thief.
1: It is not something I've ever done before. Okay. It is not, it is, it is, it is both exactly what I do and also yeah. something I have never, ever done. And hopefully that will make, I don't mean to be like super coy and like mysterious no, no, no. about it, um, that it's, I, I, there, there are seen. it's, it's both exactly what I do and also something I've never, ever done. So it's, it's really exciting. I like it a lot.
0: Oh, okay. I'm so excited. Um, we have some Instagram questions. We can. Have. What advice would you give to aspiring writers? Write
1: as much as you can and read as much as you can. And probably the best advice I ever got was when I was in middle school and starting to write, my mom, who's a high school English teacher, told me, you should never compare your first draft against somebody else's finished draft. And I think that that's something I have to remind myself of even now, even like I, I look at the first draft of this thing that I'm working on and I'm like, oh, it's not as good as Blonde Identity. It'll never be as good as Blonde Identity. Why do I even try? Like, I'm done. I'm over. It's a, ha- I'm a has-been. Like, you know, I'm going to go throw myself in, you know, in on my couch and do nothing but just cry and eat ice cream for the next six years or whatever. And, and it's, it's true. It, it's not as good as Blonde Identity yet. And so you just have to kind of constantly remind yourself that these, this is a process and you can't compare your, your draft against, oh, it's not as good as the new Allie Hazel but Well, yeah, sure. Very few things are. So, so yeah, I
0: don't think that she could write a bad book. If no, she
1: she's, it. she's too freaking good. Yeah.
0: We're, we're big Allie fans around here. Um, Same. Where do you draw your inspiration from for your books? Why spies? Why why has it been <laughs> spies so much?
1: It's um so years ago, pre-pandemic, I used to write it at Panera Bread all the time. And, um, I always, when I, I was telling somebody that when I've been working there all day, especially if I had like tweeted or something that I was there, I always would always take a different route home. I'd always like, you know, backtrack and take like the back roads or whatever. And somebody asked me why I did that. And I said, well, it makes you harder to kidnap. And that person just laughed and laughed and said, do you do that? Because you write about spies. And I had to think about it. And I thought, no, I write about spies because I do that. I, you know, I am, I am the person who's like, okay, that van is driven by three times or, um, you know, that, that car, that car was parked here when I got here, but now it's in a different spot. Like it's closer to that line than it was like, I, I noticed random stuff like that. And I remember it. Um, I can't remember anything else. I can't remember the name of the book that I'm reading, but I can remember that, So I just have always been wired a little bit that way. And I I like, I like really high concept things. I like things that uh, have a lot of external conflict. And so Ryan Johnson, um, who's one of my favorite filmmakers, when he talks about Knives Out, he says, I wanted to take an Agatha Christie, or I wanted to take an Alfred Hitchcock engine and put it in an Agatha Christie car. And so what I want to do is I think I want to take, you know, a James Bond engine and put it in a Nora Roberts car or, you know, I, I want to, or a Jennifer Cruze car, probably more like it. And I, I like that sort of, I like the cool, like chemical reaction you get when you mix genres. And so I think I'll always do a little bit of that.
2: I
0: love that. I I was actually, when I was ranting or not ranting raving (laughs) about the blonde identity to Juliana this morning, I was like, I don't even I mean, because like I said, it had been so long since I'd read one of your books, but I was like, I can't even explain to you. I was like, Juliana, this is like the writing style of all of our favorite authors mixed. Um, but then high stakes before I had sent her like one voice message this morning and um, she was like, I didn't even finish listening to the rest because like immediately what you said, I was like, I'm sold. I'm <laughs> dropping what I'm reading right now to go read that. Oh, that's um, so sweet but I, yeah, I love how you mix the genres. It's, it's like the perfect blend because uh, blonde identity was like, so rom-com, like it really, really was, but it was in like a completely different medium than we've ever really seen before. And it made it feel like fresh and new, but like the writing style that we love so much.
1: Oh, thank you.
0: Um, so I loved that
1: now there are downsides to to mixing of the genres you end up with almost a venn diagram and so like in a lot of ways blonde identities it's a romance it's a comedy and it's also a thriller and so there's a point at which all three of those things overlap and that's where you're always aiming um but there are definitely times in the writing where i was like okay well i could do this plot twist and but that makes it a thriller like that's not romance anymore that's not funny anymore or I can have the characters do this. And like, well, that is very, very funny and very, very romantic. But that absolutely kills all of the thriller elements to this. And so you're constantly trying to figure out, um, you know, what am I going to do that doesn't, doesn't pull you out of that other zone? And so it's it's not without its challenges, but it's, it's the way I like to work.
0: Well, and I can imagine too um, that, It would also make it difficult with like reviewers and readers and things like that because they come in expecting thriller and then it's like a thriller rom-com or come in expecting all rom-com and it's like, wow, there was a lot going on. There's like a lot of plot. So I could, I feel like that would be difficult too, but it
1: works so well for me. Thank you. And that was one of the challenges with designing the cover is, you know, we would, we'd get a draft of the cover and be like, this is a really cute rom-com no one's going to pick this up thinking, okay, you know, international crime spree. Um, or we'd get something that would look very thrillery. It'd be like, no, there's you know, nothing about this says romance. And so you're just always trying to, again, find that sort of balance of, of this is, this is a lot of things at once. And, and um, so, you know, looking at comp titles like uh, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, for example, um, that'd probably be the closest maybe comp title that, it's, yeah, it's, it's really tough to, to keep that balance.
0: Um, what is your favorite trope to read and your favorite trope to write?
1: Uh, I, I will read pretty much any trope as long as it's well done, as long as it has a lot of voice. Um, I'm really more of a voice snob than anything. Um, I, I am absolute trash for, uh, road trips. I like, I like I like the hero and the heroine or the, the protagonists to be on the page together. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, I, I don't necessarily need, you know, 40 pages at the beginning with each of them with their individual friends. And then they meet and then, you know, then they, you know, go their separate ways and then they see each other again. And then like, no, I just, yeah. just put them, just put them on the page together. That's, yeah. that's what I want. Perfect. And so pretty much any of your forced proximity uh, kind of tropes, road trips. Um, you know, I love a, like, oh, it turns out we, you know, I wrote a castle for Christmas. And so I saw somebody joke online when that came out. It's like, we've moved from, oh, there's only one bed to there's only one castle. And I'm like, yeah, no, I, I, I love, a, I love, a what do you mean? We both inherited this old inn? Like I, I love anything like that.
0: Oh, I love that. Who are some auto authors for you?
1: Oh, mercy. That gets I don't now. Now I can't remember any author who has ever existed ever in the history of the world. Um, I'm really lucky to have some amazing friends. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I don't even really have to buy their books because I'm usually like in the hot tub when we're plotting them. So it's you know, I get to I get to see a sneak peek under the you know, of like what's coming from Rachel Hawkins or what's coming from Sophie Jordan or Jennifer Lynn Barnes. And um I will read anything that Allie Hazelwood touches. I, I absolutely will. I, I was joking on tour that I think you could like take, rip the covers off and put Allie in a stack of, you know, 40 books. And I would, I would, there is a, not a doubt in my mind. I 1000% would find the Allie book in that stack. Like there's not even a chance that I wouldn't because her, well, she has such a distinctive voice.
0: Yeah. It's, it's funny that you're on here raving about her because she was raving about the blonde (laughs) identity when we had her on. Um,
1: So sweet. But yeah, there's, um, you know, it's just, I Sherry Thomas, I think Sherry Thomas is just like in a league of her own. We don't deserve Sherry Thomas. She's so freaking good. Um, who else? Uh, Marie Lou is a wonderful. She has a spy, a teen spy book, a YA spy book. If you're if you're looking for more of that sort of thing, um, just it's you know I've been really really blessed to have kind of a you know network, the network that I have, and the and again that's kind of I think going back to I was able to come up at an age of YA where where you kind of knew everybody, where we could go to a conference or something, and at the end of the day. Every, a hundred percent of the YA authors there could go out to dinner that night. And like, it would, it wouldn't take more than a couple of tables being pushed together. Mm -hmm. And so you, you just get to um, make some connections and make friends. And, and that's, that's a very, very important part of sort of having a long career. I think in this business is having, having your people having having a network having you know there's we always joke about the the tweet that should have been a text and you know we have I have people I can I have people I can send that text to which is really 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 important yeah so you said
0: that you are you help plot some of the books so do you guys live near each other like how involved are you in
1: no no not not anything that a formal um but like we'll we'll do a vacation together you know occasionally um or somebody might come here uh and so rachel uh has a thriller coming out in january that she back so when uh the lost city remember the movie the lost city with um sandra bullock and um channing tatum or tatum channing i always get it confused and um so that he she came here um to stay with me for a few days because she had a bunch of like uh, airline flight credits that were going to ex- that have she kind of accrued during the pandemic, you know, from flights she couldn't take and they were getting ready to expire. So she just flew to my house and stayed with me for about a week. And so she sat at my kitchen table and plotted out the book that's coming out in January. And, you know, it's so you just kind of like, what if I do this and this and this? I'm like, well, it uh, becomes incest. She's like, right. Okay. Not going to do that. And so, so, you know, you just kind yeah. of go through and it's more like having a sounding board than anything.
0: Sure. We, um, the four of us that are normally on here <laughs> that are not on here right now, but the four of us, um, last Labor Day weekend, they all came to stay with me and we stayed up so late one night, kind of like plotting all of our next books we did it like the whole weekend but one night in particular and it was just like I don't think we're ever going to recreate that magic again um but it was just like so lovely to do it all together and to like bounce all the ideas off of each other and I don't think plotting a book will ever come as easy again as that one was with all four of us together doing it but it was amazing
1: No, it's sometimes that happens. And sometimes what you need is just somebody to try to take your, it's like, I I don't have kids, but I would assume if you have children and it's time to like clean out the toy bin and you realize then like the toy that they have that you didn't think they had any interest in whatsoever and then as soon as you take away that's the only thing that they are like my precious kind of yeah. and so I'm a little bit that way with ideas sometimes I'll be like oh I could do this or I could do this or I could do this and somebody will be like no let's just take this one off the table I'm like no that is the one that is my one true love and so you know sometimes I just have to have it taken away from me before I realize oh no that's actually the hinge pin that everything else is kind of built around so it's it's just a process. I, the, the, probably the most frustrating thing about this business is you never actually learn how to do it. You mm-hmm. never actually like, oh no, this is, you know, I've, I've, I've cracked this. I figured yeah. this out. I know what I'm doing now. I never know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And cause I think maybe if, if we were all, you know, content to sort of rewrite the same kind of book with different characters every time. But I don't know anybody who's doing that. It's, you know, it's, that's, that's not fun. And so you're always trying to like move the, move the goalposts and challenge yourself or try something a little bit different. Or if, you know, maybe you do say, okay, no, I I figured this out and I'm going to write the exact same book. Well, you're going to get 20,000 words into that. And those characters are going to have a different idea. And, and you just can't control that. You just have to kind of throw up your hands and say, look, I'm figuring this out as I go.
0: Mm-hmm. I keep waiting for it to get easier. And I I tell people all the time when they're asking me for like advice on writing their books and things like that. And I'm like, honestly, I don't think that it gets easier after the first one. Um, I'm like, I think you know yourself a little better and you know your writing style more. Um, and so it can be a smoother process, but it's never any easier I don't think Um, especially because like you said like I wrote I wrote a series of like three books and it was like you know each couple had their own book and by the third one I was like I really know these people I'm like I know my setting I love all of it but I'm ready to move on Um, and now I'm like completely starting another series over again and I was like maybe it'll be easier this time And it's not, and it's like writing this first book in this series is as hard as writing my very first book was because it's like, I was like, maybe it'll be easier to write a new world, you know, um, after it's not like my first time doing this and it's, it's not any easier. And that's been like such a mental hurdle trying to get over. Um, but yeah, it does not get any easier. Um, but
1: one of the nice things is you do, it's like when you're doing, you know, home repairs around the house is, okay, well, to to fix that thing, I need a basin wrench. I don't have a basin wrench, but I'll go get one. Um, Well, now I have one. So if I need a basin wrench again, I, I recognize, oh, this is the right, this is the tool you need for that. And I either have it or I know where I can get it. And so you do get a little bit better at, figuring out not necessarily what needs to happen in the book or what's wrong with the book, but you at least can acknowledge some things about it. Like, you know, I know this isn't working or, um, and and so I don't spend six weeks spinning my wheels. I stop and I take a step back and I look at it again. Like that, that alone can be very, very helpful. Uh, or you know, like, I can't, I know that this is something I'm not going to be able to figure out, I'm going to, I'm going to need to call somebody in off the bitch to talk, talk me off this ledge yeah. or, you know, whatever the case may be, it's either you need some help or you need a break or you need to try a different way, or you recognize, Oh, I'm writing this in second in first person. This is actually third person. Yeah. Like you, you, you do get a little better at, at diagnosing what's wrong. Right. Right. But it doesn't mean that you're going to stop making mistakes because right. we're human. We're going to, I have a
2: question. Okay.
0: What are your main characters doing right now?
2: Oh, they,
0: girls, blonde identity, etc.
1: They are uh it's summer, so they're probably, you know, out and about like hiking or taking walks or picking flowers, or they're very safe and nobody is shooting at them. <laughs> and they're very much in love and very, very happy is what I'm choosing to believe. Yeah they are um, not at risk of freezing to death. Yeah. Um, they're good.
0: <laughs> um, I think that that is all the questions that I have. Yeah. If everyone else was still on here, they would probably <laughs> have more questions, but it seems like it has just been one of those nights. I don't know if you saw Juliana's message, but she yes. said she was starting to get crazy again. So she was going to head off, but
1: um, bless her heart.
0: <laughs> well, this has been, so lovely. I, I literally texted my cousins this morning because we had read all of your books together when we were growing up. And I was like, I'm talking to Allie Carter tonight. Um, ready to fangirl. Like for real, when I told them, um, like when you sent us the, the arc of blonde identity, I was like, guys, I have made it. I was like middle (laughs) school, high school, Madison would be freaking out right now. Um, because, it's crazy. Like some of the, the authors and things that I read growing up that I was like, you guys were like these unreal people to me, like untouchable. And I'm like, now I slide into their DMS and I'm like, Hey, I love your books. And it's just so wild. But I was like, they were like, you're so cool. And I was like, I'm not cool at all. <laughs> um, I was like, but you know, they're normal people that I much easier to talk to you now, but it has been so fun. Um, you have been such an inspiration Thank to me you. over the years, and I loved getting to chat with you.
1: Thank you so much for including me, it's such an honor to be asked.
0: Well, we will um keep an eye out for you. Said you think probably early next year was when we'll get an announcement. For
1: I'm that's what I'm hoping. Like, we haven't even started talking about the cover yet, so I think I, I liked the way it worked with blonde identity where we were, we were able to have cover and title and back cover copy and everything out at the same time. And then also, you know, it's, it's hard to ask people to wait a year, a year and a half, yeah. you know, it's, it's hard to maintain enthusiasm for that long. So I I am a fan of not announcing things um, until so they can, can get, until people long, can go too. order them. You know, yeah. it's just, I, cause then you get into the whole like, oh, well, didn't I already order that? Didn't that already come out? I've been looking mm-hmm. forward to that for two years. Yeah. Um. It's so I, I like, I'm, I'm more a fan of sitting on, things now i think a little bit
0: for sure well we will keep an eye out for that Thank and you. guys if you have not read the blonde identity yet you need to um i feel like i have talked about it enough tonight but you, you definitely like the
1: audiobook okay you, I, I i i i can't oh, listen yeah. to my own audiobooks but i oh i God. love to hear resu- like the reviews
0: so i until like a year ago i was not an audiobook person like the narrators just if they were not right to me, like I could not listen to an audiobook And now it's pretty much all I do because I listen, you know, on my way to work and like while I'm cleaning and things like that. And so, um, but if I get to a good part, I have to like, stop. The audiobook and then go read it so I end up buying like a kindle copy and the audiobook every single time um but today I was like trying to get work done and I kept going back and forth between like listening to the audio and then being like oh this is too good I have to stop and read it so I did probably like a 60 40 with the audio oh, and the that. ebook but I loved the audiobook the narrators were amazing and like I said it was Andrew what's his name um who is Teddy Hamilton um mm-hmm. But it was so good. I loved both of them so much. And I cannot wait to listen to more.
1: Thank you so much. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: (laughs) Well, it has been so nice talking to you. I'll let you get off here. And you have a great rest of your night. You too. Take care. Bye. Bye. Um, Thank you for listening to our podcast. Please rate and review us on your preferred podcast platform. We will be having... Um, a couple more really great author interviews coming up. Make sure to follow us on um, HEAs and Heartbreaks.pod on Instagram. So thanks for listening. Shoot, yeah, boy.